So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup, haha, okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be talking about Love After Lockup Season 3, Episode 16. This week, Sean proposes to Destiny, Maurice proposes to Jessica, Dylan blames it on the makeup, John brings Christiana home, Quailin goes to Texas, and Therese finds a new big ol' ass. If you like what you hear, please support us by subscribing and leave a 5-star rating or any other constructive comments are welcome. And if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going? Uh, Things are going okay. I feel like it's starting to feel a little normal, feel a little more like fall. But then, oh, also, we got an extra hour of sleep. Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe just we got rest, a little bit more rest. I don't think I slept any earlier, uh, later, to be honest. That's the day I usually just get up. I've been sleeping a lot. I get up and I was like, oh, wait, I guess it's 6.30 now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I have another hour to drink coffee. All right. All right. Let's speak about people going out for drinks. Okay. Let's start with Tyrese. Not Shonda, just Tyrese. Yeah. So we are checking in with Tyrese, and he says it's months after he and Shonda had their meeting. And apparently now he's on a date with Tracy, a woman he met at an art gallery where he was looking at some art and saw her <laughs> alone looking at art in the art gallery. <laughs> he seems to be a, he he's been dating Tracy for a little while at least it looks like and he talks to her about how pretty her eyes and ass are oh, at the dinner table before this conversation turns to Shonda. Tracy warns that eventually Shonda is going to come back and ask for more money. She tells us that um she was at one time in prison and kind of knows what it's like. And then Tyrese gets really worried in the interview about being pegged as a guy that only dates jailbirds. Yeah, Not wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, it's two for two from what we've seen, but by, based on yeah. what he says, um, there's a lot more women. You know, you just talk about two, there's a lot more. Oh, it's a bigger denominator. Anyway, things seem, things seem to be going fine and they seem pretty into each other. Um, enough that they have to leave us with Tyrese making some really shallow and really cringy double entendres about oh, tearing up his chicken. Oh, wow. Oh, uh, no. so disturbing. Oh. Uh, I mean, could you uh, let's start there? That, that, that was it. Could you think of like worse? He was he going for just the worst, most disturbing thing you can say? Like, what's the grossest way we can describe what we're um, what, how we're going to have sex later? I don't know. But he's just like so gross, pervy, kind of like that, too. Like his whole she has a big old ass. It's kind of like, is that like your only criteria for it's like when you kept on saying like he was at the art gallery looking at art, it's like you mean her ass? <laughs> yeah, that's what he was. He definitely was like, I was like, what kind of art? Ga-? You're saying art like way too like loudly in this to be like an actual art gallery. Like, it's like, what this? I, I don't what know what else it would this? be though. Strip club? Possibly a strip club. That's art. It's dancing. Dancing is art. Yeah. Right, sure. It's part of the arts, dancing. Could have sure. been, could have been a a a rather racy art exhibit that he was at. Um, he's like, this is uh, yeah, fine art. I don't know, but it was uh, it's just a weird the way he said art. Yeah. Okay. So when he was eating his chicken, ugh. yeah. Okay. Did you notice that he was eating with a toothpick in his mouth? 
Oh, I know he always has a toothpick in his mouth. Yes, he always has a toothpick in his mouth, and he was like kind of talking with it, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And then he was like eating with it, and I was like, "How do you do that?" I don't know either. It sounds like you're gonna just like get, poke the roof of your mouth when you're trying to eat your chicken. Oh, I don't gosh. get it. That's weird. Yeah, actually, there was a, a House episode, uh, House MD, oh, yeah. where uh, someone was really into like chewing on toothpicks, and he had like swallowed bits of it and didn't think anything of it, and it tore up like holes in his digestive tract, and which caused medical issues. Okay. So yeah, I don't. I I'm sure it's a rarity if it's on House, but at the same of time, course. it's kind of like I don't know. You're increasing know. your chances here. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get the whole tooth. I guess there might be toothpick guys, and whenever I see a toothpick guy, I usually think they're a former smoker, and they're just used to having something oh, in their mouth all the time. Yeah, I could see that. So yeah, I don't know. I definitely could see that. I actually think they're kind of a cute couple, him and Tracy. She's much more age appropriate. Sure. Yeah. So I was kind of like, yeah, sure, why not? I mean, I'm she's. Not it, on I'm it. not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, go after. If she's into it, she's into it. Like, yeah, he's got to find somebody who's into her. Who's into him, like, just stopping dinner and being like, your eyes are sexy. Well, That's, I feel like you know which is what fine. you're getting It's fine into. if you do that, like, in quotes, if you're like, oh, your eyes are really sexy. Like, it doesn't sound as gross as it does when he says it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you know what you're getting into, like, Egg, day yeah. one with that suit and the shoes. I mean, to, you, can't, you can't knock him for that. Like, he yeah. is not hiding anything about what you're getting out of him. Like, that it, he is 100% up front. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, let's move on to Maurice and Jessica. So Maurice and Jessica go to tour wedding chapels so they can have uh, and plan a real wedding. Maurice describes their first wedding as trash and garbage and that it was just signing a paper while he was in prison. The first chapel they see is called the La Capella Chapel, and Maurice automatically doesn't like it because the name sounds a little too much like Laca. Jessica is excited for a real wedding so they can dress up her in a white dress and Maurice in a tuxedo and have their families meet. She is also hoping that she will make amends with her sister and her sister will also be there. The next chapel they visit is all blinged out with chandeliers and crystals. Maurice likes that one, but the third chapel they see is the winner as it features an artificial sunset and a lot of foliage, like you're getting married in the forest or something. This chapel is also coincidentally the same chapel that Colton Larissa from 90 Day Fiance got married at. <laughs> yeah, did you notice that? I did. I don't. No, I did not notice. Oh, that. right, because you you didn't watch 90 Day Fiance. I, no, at that I point. did watch Colton Larissa. I just didn't remember it. I didn't remember the wedding specifically enough to know that this was the same chapel. Oh yeah, like I was like, oh, unless there are two chapels that are made to look like they're in the forest with okay, like the big skylight. That is that is the most Vegas thing I can imagine in a wedding chapel. Is like, let's uh instead of going outside, uh, let's make our inside chapel look like it's outside. <laughs> That's that yeah, just seems perfectly well, Vegas. Yeah, to me. okay, but I, I I'm pretty sure it's the same one. Uh-huh. So uh, Maurice thinks that this is the place. So he makes a very heartfelt speech to Jessica, gets down on one knee, and proposes to her with the ring he bought using Jessica's dad's one thousand dollars loan. Jessica thinks the ring is amazing and just hopes that Maurice hasn't done anything illegal to obtain it. She says the ring means the world to her as she cries at the proposal. All right, so. These are your options. Would you rather get married in a place that sounded like lockup or has Colt's curse on it? Oh, uh, I mean, I think 
having never actually been locked up, I, I would go for it's the less the, of an the, issue. Yeah, it's less <laughs> of an issue for me. Um, I don't know. The other thing, too, is the cult one, you know, the cult forest looked a lot bigger than the other ones. The other ones looked really small. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it also depends on how much of their family is going to be there. Yeah, this is definitely not the place you go to have like a giant like blowout, like, you know, extended cousins, extended everybody type of wedding. It's definitely right. more of an intimate, like, you know, immediate friend, small group of friends, immediate family, things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, so I don't know. The but, first I mean, one I agree, though, wasn't as nice. Like, forget about the name. Yeah, forget about the name. If we forget about the name and Colt, then yes, the, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was it was clearly the nicest of the, what they saw. Right. Like, because the other one, the other the one in the middle, I felt looked like the one that was all blinged out. It looked like yeah. it looked like fakely blinged out. Like it definitely looked like everything was a knockoff of everything. It didn't look Oh sure. Well, I kind of liked it just because I like things that are sparkly. So it was it was sparkly. Yeah. Definitely sparkly. It reminded me of the chandelier bar at the Cosmo, which Mr. O has never been to Vegas, and so when I say these things, you don't really know. Although I feel like you do, because I'm sure you have had friends that have like done, you know, social media posts with pictures. No, I'm telling you, man. Bar. People from the East Coast they go to Vegas once or twice in their life, and that's it. Well, <laughs> that would be the picture that you would see. <laughs> and I, and I, I have a, I have a pretty unique group of friends. They're definitely the ones who go and are like, we stayed at the cheapest hotel we could, and we just gambled the whole time. And we got free drinks and came back. Like that's <laughs> so I I don't know. I, yeah, not not too many people would go go to Vegas and then go to go out to anything that would be considered a club. Well, I'll I'll send you the pictures of me, and my friends at the Chandelier Bar, <laughs> <laughs> so you can see what it is. All right. All right. So let's go to John and Christiana. So John brings Christiana back to the house, and one of the first questions that Tara. Christiana's sister asks, um, which is good because I'm pretty sure it's the same question everybody was wondering when John brought her back to the house, is what kind of legal trouble is John getting himself into here? Oh, gosh. He does admit to them that there have been similar situations um, that he knows of where folks have been arrested for harboring a fugitive. And, of course, his um, record, since he is also an ex-convict, is not going to help him here. But he just really feels like he doesn't want to lose her. Um, Christiana goes to take a shower and then soon her uh, sister comes in and they have like a, a, a cry and then she comes out of the room and hugs her mom and they all cry and everybody just is really upset about the whole situation because they want her to stay out of jail but they know that there's no way to do that right now so there's just a lot of crying and a lot of John like sitting there awkwardly waiting for it so Christy knows that the only thing option right now she has is to turn herself in because if it comes to the point where there's a warrant and, you know, she has to get arrested and she's going to get arrested by police or anything, that that's much more likely to end up um, with John getting in trouble. Um, so, you know, there, I guess that's the plan for soon. But he puts Christiana to bed because she's, you know, super tired after pr- presumably pulling like, a you know, a bender yeah. for the day, a few couple days before. And uh, drugs is tiring. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it. Oh my god! And then so then John breaks some shit in the backyard and like you know kind of pulls one of those "woe is me" things. Mm. Like okay, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, geez, I I don't know. Is it a good idea? You know, we always talk about John. What's he doing here? Is it, he always has good intentions? 
But yeah. are we at, are we still with John? Good intentions, bad ideas. I don't know. Did you notice? And I don't know. I feel like I want to say it's new. There's so many weirdo things that were like in the backgrounds of his scenes. Oh, well, yeah. Sure. One of them was, did you see he got like a gigantic Bonnie and Clyde decal for the back uh, window of his truck? Yes. I, I don't know how. I think that was. I don't know if it was up last week. I assume it was. But yes, I did notice the Bonnie and Clyde thing. Yeah, because I feel like that's got to be since the wedding because I didn't notice it when, you know, they had their, like, sure. bed wedding or whatever, their truck bed wedding. Right. So I feel like he's really kind of embraced this idea that it's, like, two fugitives, like, on the run from the law, you know? So, I yeah, I feel yeah. like yeah. it's I mean, some it's... weirdo fantasy of his. I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a fantasy or a coping strategy. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's definitely I feel like what he gets out of it is it's us against the world. Like, yes, it's, you know, that it's only us and we got we got to do what we can for each other because nobody else is out for us, which is, you know, kind of silly because he has like friends and family and she has a mom and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's definitely kind of this. We can't the only people we can rely on is each other. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, it just weird that that's the only analogy he can think of like, when he comes to it. Like he has this whole, you know, spirituality that he brings up every once in a while. And you'd think there'd be some sort of something to grab onto from that or something to grab onto from literally anything else besides two right. fugitives that died in a hail of gunfire. Like I just don't yeah. get it. <laughs> I can't, uh, but I mean, I struggle to come up with something off the top of my head of, you know, a person who maybe went through very challenging times and kind of helped each other through them. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess to me, it's just like, that is that using Bonnie and Clyde is in my head, just so defeatist. Like it, yeah. it, it implies that there's just, we're on borrowed time. We're just right. doing this while we can. We're doing, it's, it's kind of like a YOLO thing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, which, is, which, which I always thought was funny because when I remember when YOLO was like popular, I was like, I didn't get it because I was too old to be like, wait, if you only live once, why are you doing dangerous things? Right. Like, shouldn't you oh, not do dangerous so things if you funny. only live once? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I uh, yeah, I was watching this um, interview with uh, I cannot remember his name, but he was in Awkward and uh, Desperate Housewives. And, uh-huh. you know, they were like, oh, what does YOLO mean to you? And then he said the exact same thing. It's like, well, if you only live once, like live cautiously. <laughs> <laughs> Because you could die. Yeah, because that thing you just YOLO and jump off a building. It was like, well, okay, well, now it's done. Now you, you've lost it. That was the only one you got. <laughs> yeah, you got your one life. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like, yes, he could pick a better role model. But I feel like John struggles with his role models because I feel like he's a Freddy Krueger worshiper. Did you notice all of the weirdo memorabilia he had in his house? First of all, he has this random ass fish tank and it doesn't have fish in it. It's like an aquarium, right? Uh He's got little figurines in there. And there were a bunch of them that were like Freddy Krueger like figurines. And then he also had like a Freddy Krueger like shadow box with like a mask and like. And the claws, like like the claw things on his fingers. There were other memorabilia in this with like the movie poster. And I'm just like, what is happening? Okay. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree that, you know, uh, 
star-crossed lovers that were fugitives is probably better than a psychopath that kills people in their dreams. Right, um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> if you're so, going yeah, to just... reach for some sort of hero, yeah. Right. Misguided role models here. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, why does he just have random wood to throw around and destroy in his backyard? I feel like it was, I don't, I didn't see what it was, but I feel like it was, he definitely strikes me as a guy who has like 50 unfinished projects that he's that are in his, around his house, <laughs> right? And so I feel like, I feel like he probably went on a kick at some point where they use the, um, what do they call The pallets, the shipping pallets. You know, people like there was a few, I feel like, a, I don't know, like five, ten years ago, there's this huge uh-huh. craze where everybody's doing like crafts with shipping pallets and like making oh, deco- decor that. with shipping pallets and stuff. <laughs> oh, no, it was like all over, like all, all it was like a definitely one of those like Pinterest trends that comes up. Right. And I feel I like he had just had that. shipping pallets because he was going to do something with them and never did. All right. Uh, so let's move on unless you have anything else. Uh uh-uh, Let's go. Okay, so next we have Sean and Destiny. Destiny and crew walks out of the courthouse and Destiny is visibly upset as Sean is trying to comfort her. She insists that the court hates her. It ends up that the DA is refiling charges and she's facing up to seven years. She cries as she recounts the events and she feels like for once she's doing well and it's just for nothing. Sean clearly doesn't know the law, and he thinks that they can't do that under the double jeopardy law. And he also says it's possible that the judge can just throw it out. Destiny tells him to be real, and she has to mentally prepare herself to go back to prison. She believes she's changed and feels like this just isn't fair, and it's only going down this way because they hate her. Destiny tells Sean that she's not expecting him to wait for her, and he says he would wait for her. Destiny is still keeping it real and says she knows how it is and she knows that men don't stick around for situations like this. She is upset and just wants her space as she walks to the other end of the parking lot. Sean talks with Destiny's family and they all cry as they talk about Destiny's situation. Sean shows her family the ring he's going to propose to her with and Brittany, Destiny's sister, says, well, I guess we should all hug now as some kind of weird welcome to the family. They are all eating a takeout meal at a table outside the courthouse. Destiny just doesn't feel like eating. She'll have to come back for another court appearance in two weeks. Destiny emphasizes to Sean that she has to mentally prepare herself for prison time. And Sean keeps trying to reassure her that they'll work it out and he'll just never leave. He thinks that proposing this day would be the best time to do it, you know, to cheer her up. Sean drives her to the river walk and insists that they take a walk. Destiny is in a foul mood and just wants to go back to the motel since she's had a shit-ass day. Sean is rambling on about how much he loves her and she's his world. He tells her that he loves her with all his heart and he wants to prove it to her, so he gets down on one knee and shows her a ring. She looks generally surprised and the scene cuts off before she can give a response. All right, so do you think that this was the best time for Sean to propose? Oh, of course it wasn't the best time for Sean to propose. An like, that's idiot. a ter- what? A- he was so dumb this episode. God, so, yeah. so dumb. Like that, yeah. emotionally dumb. Like this was, you know, emotional intelligence versus actual intelligence. This was just right. his emotional intelligence, which was, I mean, he, she was just like, I don't want to do anything. Take me back. I'm in a terrible mood. This is the worst. I don't want to do it. I don't want to think. I don't want you to touch me. And he was like, 
Yeah, this is the time to propose to her. This is the best idea I have. I know. This will cheer her up. I think the difference that he's just not picking up on is that, I don't know, it just doesn't seem to me that Destiny is that into Sean. So if she was like completely in love with him and it's just, you know, like, I want to marry you so bad. Would you just like propose? Then yes, maybe this would cheer her up. But I feel like she has not given off those vibes at all. No, no. I mean, it was like, because it, it, yeah, especially like when they're like, you know, three seconds before you propose, she was like, listen, I I know you're gone. Like you're, you're out of here. Like, and I guess he's trying to like prove that he's not, but she doesn't believe him. Like when he says like he's not, he's in it. Like, it's like, so this is not like the time. It almost feels like it's a desperation move. Like, and not like that truly out of love move. Now I know he bought the ring or whatever he got that shows it was like pre-planned, but it just doesn't, you know, it just doesn't match the whole vibe of the day. Like this is no, this is the day you want to remember as a day. Doesn't. Like tell tell us about the day that you know. Tell us, Grandma, about the day that Grandpa proposed to you, and it's like, well, well I had a shit ass day yeah. in court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, that reminds me of um, I was uh, with my friends, and we were in the Caribbean, and my friend and her boyfriend. Uh, you know, we're on this trip with us and we had all gotten a cab to go to the beach and he was planning. We didn't all, we all didn't know this. He was planning on proposing to her because it was like this famous beach we were going to. But she had actually uh, left her digital camera like in the because um, it's back in the day when they had digital cameras. Now we just have cell phones. Um, but she had left it in the cab. And so she was really upset about like. You know, oh, my camera with all our pictures on it, you know. And they were trying to get it back. But he didn't propose to her because he was like, she's upset. She's not in, like, a headspace. Even though he had planned, like, oh, romantic on this, like, super famous, beautiful beach. Like, he postponed asking her because he read the room and was like, oh, you know, she's going to be upset. And I was going to say, and my friend was super in love with him. It may have cheered her up. Who knows? Right. But I mean, this is not their situation. No, it isn't. And I mean, he can't read the room earlier. For first of all, his like stupid ass, um, like you know, like it's like a, it's not like a double jeopardy, like in kind oh of a way, God. like in a way, you know, like she was like, no, no, and, that's not which, how it works at all. Okay. Yeah, I know it's not how it works. Which, and I will back up for to not defend on her. That is bullshit. That you can do yeah. this whole thing and work out a deal and they'll say, all right, we're going to do this and this and we'll we'll figure this out and they'll drop the charges. And then they mm-hmm. drop the charges and say, oh, yeah, by the way, we're refiling those charges. Like, that's yeah. bullshit. That, that is yeah. a bullshit system. Right? Yeah. I mean, okay. So I have kind of mixed feelings on that. Like, yes, that sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't seem fair. But at the same time, like, you know... Being a teacher, I know being a teacher that you just have some of those students that just don't change. Oh, right? and I'm and not. They don't seem yeah. to get like the punishments never really seem to catch up with them, or it doesn't actually seem to deter them. And so it just kind of like I I get where kind of the justice kind of comes in because it's like she is just been blatant and just kind of like flaunting it like. You know, cutting off her uh, ankle monitor. And like, mailing that's, it to them and mailing yeah. it to them. Yes. Like, yeah. Like that shows that like there was no remorse. Brazen. It wasn't a thing. Yeah. So and right. uh, so I guess my thing was, I, it, it, I'm it i not, 
disappointed with the system that decided, no, we're going to charge you with this crime. I'm right. disappointed with the system that that let her think, oh, no, we're going to drop the charges. Sure. Psych. Like, no, don't psych. Yeah. You can't psych people out. That That's the bullshit to me. Yes, like, yes. And so, like, yeah. And so, yes, like I said, I can kind of see both sides on this. But it's so interesting to me how some people that continually get in trouble, like, always see themselves as the victim. Like, it wasn't anything that I did. It's because those people hate me. And that's the reason why I keep on getting into trouble. It's like, well, you know, like, they yeah. know who you are. And right. it's not good. That's what I tell my students. If I know your name on the first day, it's not good. There was definitely something she said in a different a different episode that kind of that resonated with me more with what it is, especially when she is sitting there being like, I'm trying my best. I'm doing the best. Right. She came back to town and was like, listen, and it, that's why I didn't want her to go out. If any of these cops see me like they know me, they're going to start fucking yeah. with me. Like immediately, yeah. I, I could be doing fine. And they're going to come up and be like, what the hell are you doing? Like they're, they're going to start shit, right? Which I mean, is wrong, but, you know? And and that's what she means when she says they hate me, right? And that's what it's, that kind of sucks when you're in this system and you've been in front. She's probably seen that judge before, right? right. Like they know yeah. her. And so when she's like, they won't ever believe I'm going to change yet. Like I, I'm not saying I disagree with the judges either, but like, it, it is hard. It's a hard situation to when you do decide to change to like actually change. But the point yeah. was, it's John still can't read the damn room. No, right? he can't. he's like, well, maybe the judge will drop it. And she's like, I've been in this system since I'm 16. The judge is not going to drop it. Are you? Ugh. And he's just like, I just hope for good things to happen. It's like, this is not the time for to bring out your wishful thinking. Like it just wasn't right. Yeah. I mean, I can understand where she's coming from, too. Like, she says she feels like she has to mentally prepare herself, like, to accept it, you know? Yes. Especially because it's a big blow. Right. And he and, and his thing is, yeah, so she is doing that. She's in the headspace where she's trying to mentally, you know, prepare and accept and get to that part where she accepts that this is going to happen. And he's like, well, what about some more false hope? Could we have some more false hope instead? Let's 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 deceive ourselves rather than preparing ourselves. Like yeah, right but I think like from his perspective, it's just because he doesn't want to deal with her being in a bad mood. Yeah, yeah, because he's not, she's not supposed to be in a bad mood because I was going to propose to Ted. So yeah. let's get it together, lady. Yeah. All right. So Speaking you want to talk ladies about ladies that need to get it you together. You want to talk about bad moods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that leaves us with Heather and Dylan. So Heather, is, we start with her shaving her legs and putting on makeup and complaining about what she says is the mediocre sex they had the night before. She blames it mostly on them trying to keep the volume down for Aunt Diane. Mm. Dylan tries to, I don't know, he gave a very lawyerly answer when they asked him about the sex. And he said that something like, well, if crazy sex is good sex, then I guess we had good sex. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant. It was I, just like... It just sounded like he was trying to say she's crazy is what I got out of it. I don't, yeah, I don't but anyway, know. I was like, is that good or bad? Like, I, okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't tell if he, I couldn't, I couldn't tell either. So they get into the Cadillac again, but this time they're on their way to the DMV. So Dylan can get a driver's license as is required by his parole. Well, I assume it means an ID, not necessarily a driver's license. Right. However, they pull up just before closing because, eh, well, that's debatable, but it's really because Heather took too long to get ready. 
It really seemed How like long did it, she take? It really seemed like Dylan was waiting out by the car. Like that's that's what the really that's the total inflection point of the episode is how long did she take yeah and it but anyway when they get there it's too late to take the test because it's too close to clothing closing in an interview he says that you know he couldn't get his id because of makeup and then heather gets really pissed and he says it was a joke and then i really was losing track of the plot so i'm gonna try to follow along linearly (laughs) what happened here she needed time out to sit in the car he comes over to the car to try to apologize but she doesn't want to hear it. And then I feel like we missed a whole lot that just wasn't in the episode because the next thing yeah. that's happened is she's screaming at him to get into the car um, yeah. or she'll pull off. And so he gets in the car and he's because he's talking to the producers and he's not supposed to get in the car, but he says he gets in the car and she starts driving away, away from the producers. She then stops the car, yells at him to get out of the car and then pulls away again and then stops again she's just like doing the stop start thing and then he said you know it doesn't have to be this hard so then she tries to have sex with him i think wait what yes okay so that was <laughs> That's the thing the part i definitely missed <laughs> okay so it was a lot of things going on but he said it doesn't have to be so hard she said take your microphone off i'll show you how to make it hard and like starts untucking her shirt and stuff and he's like what and she's like and then she yells at him to get out of the car again Oh, okay, okay. So I do remember that part. I did not take that as in like. A- oh, I did. She was like, take off. She, I think she, she definitely said, take off your microphones. Yes, right? and take she off everything. Definitely thing. did. And I, I thought it was. I got the she impression. No, I like got the impression argument. that she was like, oh, we want to talk about hard, and she was like, saying, well, what? she said, said, take off your microphones. I'm not sure if she said, take off your clothes or not. Like she said something to that effect. My impression that what she meant getting hard was his penis, like. Uh, okay, that's interesting. I did not read it that way at all. And then, and then she got, and then she got extra pissed when he was like, "What are you talking about?" And she was like, "What?" And then she even blew up more because she felt like she got rejected. And then was okay, like, so "Fine, then get out." I kind of took it as she was saying, "I'll show you." You know, it's kind of like, "I'll show you how hard it can be." Like, "Oh, you think I'm mad now? I'll show you how mad I can be." That's how I took it. Like, oh, you think this is relationship? This relationship is hard. I'm about to make your life super miserable. So I and so it was kind of like, oh, we're gonna have a big blow up like fight. Like, take off your microphone. Like, nobody needs to hear this shit. So that's yes. how I so that's it. what I'm saying. It was all over the place because mm-hmm. she then she yells out, tells him to get out of the car, and he doesn't. And then she speeds away as he's like, I did nothing wrong. And then she drives like the. She pulls the GoPro off the windshield. She drives the wrong way down a one-way street. And, like, we have an interviewer, Dylan, is telling us how terrified he was in this car ride because she's driving like a psycho. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, has she has driven like a psycho this entire time. This, well, okay, like, this the, 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 first... the, the flooring it down a one-way street was a little bit different than, like, you know, oh, gunning yeah, past people sure. on the highway, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, so it's always funny because that like the front of a Cadillac is like busted up, and it's like, man, I think I know where that came from. Now. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I have a good idea of why that that's that's that is. So just okay. I mean, it was it was so hard. I can't even get around because she was like, "Get out of the car! Stay in the car! What are you doing? Take your microphone off! Don't do that!" Like it was like, ah, like I was okay. on I was on edge with her. So here is like my take on what happened was that. Dylan was having the interview 
And I think she's starting to realize, like, she's coming off a certain way, right? Right. And so she doesn't like that, you know, Dylan talking about why they were late is going to make her look bad. She's really not into it. So, yeah, she got in the car because she didn't want to, you know, like, uh, be there for it because she was pissed at him. But then realizes, like, no, I don't want him to have this interview at all because he's going to say Right, because he's going to keep saying that I was, yeah, he's going to say it was my fault again. Right. So then that's when she's, like, get in the freaking car. So then he's like, wait, what? So get in the car. And then, you know, he couldn't get into the car because she had the door locked. And And then then, she screamed about that. Like, the door is locked. Get in the car. No, it is. I was like, no, girl, that was still locked. But, you know, (laughs) you, you can't lose your cool like that, right? So then uh, he gets in the car because she's trying to get him away from the producers. And so I kind of also took the whole, like, um, you know, she got mad at him. She wanted to have more of an argument with him. So that's why she was trying to turn off the microphone and the cameras. Because she didn't, she just doesn't want to look bad. I think she gets that this is not showing her best side. Right. And then, um, you know, he uh, he's pissing her off enough where she's like, okay, get out of the car. And then he's just like, no, because he wasn't. He wasn't getting, He wasn't even making an attempt to get out of the car. And so she's like, okay, fine. And then, like, floors it and scares the crap out of everyone. So, I mean, bottom line, Heather is a little unhinged. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I just, I feel like she's also super sensitive you know, and yeah. like not willing to take any kind of ownership of anything that like of her actions or anything like that. Like how long? Like seriously, how long was, she was it taking ready? to get ready? Yes. Yes. That you can't go to the DMV until like it's closing. What time does the DMV close? Now let's give her the benefit of a doubt. I think they said it closed at three. Okay, so I was going to say, like, maybe it's a weekend, and so the DMV closes earlier on a weekend, or, you know, maybe on a particular Tuesday or something, you know, they always have those weird hours. Sure. So, just giving her the benefit of the doubt. How long does it take for you to get ready where you're out the door, like, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? What the yeah. heck? Like, even if you got up at noon, like, you can't, like, do that. Especially because you're like, what? I mean, I guess because, I guess they're on TV, right? So, they yeah. are on TV. But like in, if I'm taking away the TV, so you can go to the DMV. Trust me, lady, you do not have to wear makeup to be. Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> the and most attractive heels. person at the DMV. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. Seriously. Uh, okay, so their sex, I kind of feel like maybe Dylan is like, okay, it wasn't as great as I thought it would be. So maybe I don't want to deal with this crazy lady. I Yeah, because I think he was like, yeah, oh, crazy lady, crazy sex. Hey, good, good. But like, yeah, I don't think it was that good. I mean, I don't, I think, I think it was my impression that I got from it. Mm-hmm. This is my conjecture is that she was like, I don't care what Aunt Anne is. We're going to have crazy monkey sex. We're going to go crazy. We're going to be wild. We're going to be loud. And he was like, keep it down. And it was like, so the yeah. whole thing was, she was like, well, he didn't want to get as wild as I wanted to get. And him being like, oh my God, like she was freaking me out the whole time. We yeah. were doing it, right? Because <laughs> she kept trying to climb the walls and stuff. And it's like, chill. Like she's right. Oh my, like we share that wall with her. Stop. Like, and so like, it, yeah. it just, they, they just, are on different wavelengths for that. 
Oh, definitely. I mean, there are definitely different wavelengths because she's like clearly mayor of crazy town. Right. And it's like he's unable to even say like basic things that I thought were like pretty factual. He wasn't saying like, oh, I hate how long you take. He just said like, oh, you were doing your makeup. And then all of a sudden she jumps on him like you're being super judgy. And it's just like, mm, yeah. I think that's fact. Yeah. Like, I mean, didn't so take that much time. I didn't like how he hedged and been like, it was a joke. It wasn't a joke. Yes. It I wasn't hate a joke. When people do that. Yeah. It's, he meant that we were late because you were doing your makeup. Like, he oh, yeah, that. absolutely. But he's trying to diffuse the situation because he saw how angry she got. Uh-huh. So, I mean, there are definitely that's a strategy, I guess. Like, but I've definitely known people that are like, oh, you're getting mad. Oh, I was just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, that was it. It, well, it doesn't work on a joke on any level. Like, no, it, it I mean, I mean, it, it does work on the joke when you'd be like, oh, it's your makeup. If you're like, I'm not really mad that we were late, but right, we were right. late because of your makeup. So uh, yeah. like like that. But if it, it were if you're like, that was a joke of on the level. I mean, I would be super mad. I can't we've had this before. I, I don't like waiting on people and I especially don't like right. waiting on people when it's just like, yes, this place closes in an hour. Like what, what, what are we doing? Like I, that stresses me oh, out God, so that much. That is like one of my biggest things too. So I much. cannot stand waiting on people. Like seriously mm-hmm. triggers like some pretty traumatic events in my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just kind of feel like it really annoys me. And I think like this also kind of hits close to home because I feel like I have dated people where it's like they're saying something that's like legitimately what they think. Mm-hmm. And then they say like, oh, it's just, you know, oh, I'm just kidding. And it's just because they say it in a playful tone that isn't right. like this is a serious conversation. We need to really reevaluate how long you're taking to use your makeup. Right. But instead of me just, you know, but it's the same message at the end of the day. Sure. Right. You're just like, oh, it's because of your makeup. You know, it's like it doesn't matter that you said it in a playful tone. Right. It's still not a joke. Right. Right. It's right. still serious content. Yeah. It was there's still meaning behind that. And you are right. still blaming her makeup for the reason you're being yes. late. Like whether you yes. did it lightheartedly or not, it was like. Right. You, you, it's you based it. in reality. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, uh, so Chevelle and Quaylen. Uh So Quaylen is packing up as Chevelle looks on, all brooding and upset. Chevelle says that his family is going to get what they want, and she doubts that he is coming back. Quaylen says he's going to Texas because that's what he wants to do, and he promised his family, and he wants to be a man of his word. He made them a promise just like he made her a promise. Chevelle says that he's breaking his promise to her by leaving, and he says that, you know, she knows he'll be back. And she says she doesn't know that. He's frustrated that she doesn't try to understand where he's coming from. She feels like he's abandoning her and her daughter, but he interrupts her to tell her that the cab is there. Quaylen says that he can't be the man she needs without him sorting his stuff out with his family. He doesn't want her to think he's using her. Chevelle says she feels used and she doesn't want to wait around for him. Quaylen is in Texas and he thinks the weather is nice. He thinks that his family deserves time uh, with him after all of this time that he spent in prison. He also feels like things have been moving so fast with Chevelle, he just wants some time away to really think and analyze the situation. Quilandria is excited to, uh, to have her son in Texas. She asks how Chevelle and Myela are, and he says that Chevelle needs to be more understanding and she's going to be mad for a minute, but she'll get over it. 
Quelandria thinks that he should see what's out there and date around while he's in Houston. She thinks that if he doesn't explore other options, he won't really know if he's just with Chevelle out of obligation. Okay, I couldn't get his sister's name. Quavolandia? Uh... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, some kind of... It begins with a Q. Q-U-A-V. Quavelinia? I can't remember. I don't know what it was. I didn't write it down, so... Right. Baby sister Q thinks that Quaylen needs to meet some of her cute friends and have fun and party. She heard from her other sisters that Chevelle wasn't cool, so she wants Quaylen to leave Chevelle and stay in Houston with them. During the commercial break, we find out that Quaylen really likes to take care of his own hair, and he learned a lot from some of the best barbers and stylists that are in prison. Quaylen is then in the car with his mom, and she smacks him for cussing, but also tells him that she told him a white lie. She brought him to the barbershop under false pretenses. She has set up an informal interview with her barbershop friend. She thinks that it will be a good start for him. She doesn't care if Quaylen is annoyed. Quaylen tells the barber that his mom ambushed him and he has a partner that he has to check in with in Kansas City. Quaylen tells us that cutting hair is not his passion and it ends up that being a musician is his passion. He tells his mom that he wants to be a successful business owner and have his favorite people all in one place. All right. Do you think that Quaylen could be more successful in Texas or Kansas City? Hmm. I mean, well, it's a, okay. So if he was willing to do what I'd be willing to do, then Mm -hmm. Texas, right? Yeah. Mainly because he literally has a job lined up in Texas. Like, yeah, absolutely. He looks, he looks down his nose at this job, which really put me the wrong way. Right. Yes. Because especially it's one way to talk a big game and be like, yo, you know, I'm I'm trying to get my life together. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And you're like, great. Here's a job right in front of you, right in front of your plate. And he's like, not that job. It's like, no, yeah. that's not that's not how, that's not how you do whatever that's it takes. That's not my passion. That's it's not how you do whatever like, it takes. You can still. And, and I'm not saying don't uh, follow your passion, but like, right. if a job's there, you got to take a job and work on your passion on the side and work on your work on do, making it better there. Because I don't know what he's if music's his passion. What's he doing for music? Right. What's he doing I, on that on that front in Texas just, or in Kansas City? I just get really frustrated when like even our our students, right? You get you have this whole idea that you have to be so passionate about your job. Oh, right? sure. Yeah. And I think that's like it's not everybody has that opportunity and you should consider yourself lucky if you do. But yeah. I mean, do you think the people that are serving you or the people that like are, you know, your uh, working at the landfill. Do you think that's or, trashes their passion? Or even like, even like that. Like I know people who have jobs that people like train for. Like my right. my one of my aunts is a nurse. Like nurses don't get up and be like, my passion is is doing nursing every time. They like do they like helping people? Is it rewarding? Absolutely. Yes. Is it like right. driving them and making them wake up every day? No, it's not. Yeah. The, the, no, like ninety five percent of people don't have a job that they're passionate about. You're lucky if you can get a job. It's just like, I can do this for, I can do this eight hours a day. Yes. And I think that's a more realistic view of it. There absolutely should be parts of your job that you enjoy, Mm -hmm. right? 
But at the end of the day, it's still a job. Yeah. You know, they have to pay you to do it because people aren't doing this for free. <laughs> right. Right. Because right. people don't yeah. want to do it for yeah. free. I mean, because you, you talk about jobs that like people note as being especially thing, but nobody like wakes up and be like, you know what my passion is? I have a passion for human resources. Like, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> But there's aspects of the job, like, yeah, just like oh, well, I, I like helping yeah. people. Right. I can yeah. do this and this and but, this. I enjoy it. But, man, yeah. I really love all those forms. Yeah. I have a passion <laughs> for forms. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just frustrates me. And I, I do feel like it's somewhat of a generational thing, too, um, that, you know, you have your older generation. I mean, even older than our generation, sure. right, that have worked hard at a job that you know, maybe they didn't have as many options. Mm -hmm. And now I kind of feel like, you know, people have more options, like not having to, you know, live in a specific area. Because it used to be the case where if you wanted to do something in the entertainment industry, you wanted to be a model, you wanted to be a musician, you'd have to live in a specific location sure. to have those kinds of professions but now it's the case where anyone anywhere can be a musician they can record like you don't have to have recording studio time you could just do it on your computer and so i kind of feel like that accessibility has really changed people's perceptions of things because now it is possible for me to pursue my passion right and well and i feel like that's also i feel like we're getting a little off base here but that kind of feeds into the whole gig work economy for the younger gener for yeah. people young that are younger, sure. right? Because you can follow your passion. You can, yeah, you do. You can do some uh, DoorDash on the side, right? You can do this on the side. Right. You can do that on the side, right? And, while sure. you're doing it, but that kind of get it off because I feel like the older generations did it for like they have more security in even the right. even the the jobs that you settle for. At least they were secure jobs. Now it's like you want me to settle for a job that is still me being an independent contractor. If I'm being an independent contractor, I'm going to do be it in. I'm going to do a musician. Yeah. 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 Oh, goodness. So, yeah, I kind of agree that Quaylen would probably be more successful in Texas because, you know, his mom really is kind of pushing him to do the things he should. And I just see him if he was living with Chevelle. Like, I can't really imagine Chevelle pushing him to get a job. True. True. I mean, I just wish... He just seems to, the, everything that bothers me about him is how he misses Chevelle's point completely, right? Mm -hmm. She doesn't yeah. say you don't, you shouldn't go see your family or I understand, like, or that you can't, you don't have to get things right with your family, uh, right? But when she, when she says, when are you coming back? And he's like, I don't know. Then it's a reasonable belief for her to be like, oh, I guess you might not be coming back then. Like, if yeah. you, like, and then he goes and says something like, oh, I don't know. I got to I got to figure things out. Well, figuring things out means this might be over. And right. so you can't be upset with her for thinking it might be over when that's yeah. what you're literally doing is deciding whether or not this is going to be over. Right. right? And, and, and so it's not she's not off base with what she's saying, but he's he just is totally missing the point. And, and I don't know whose fault it is, but totally missing the point of what she's getting at. Right. And I feel like that would be such an easy fix. Like it would make her feel so much more comfortable if he just had like a return trip. Yeah. You know, planned. And quite honestly, uh, you know, like Southwest, you know, you can change your flight and, you know, you still have the credits like up until I think 15 minutes before your flight leaves. Mm -hmm. So how hard is it for him to just book a flight between Houston and Kansas City? Like with Southwest, he could probably get a really cheap one, 
you know, and just like be like, hey, look, I'm leaving then. But at least he has the flexibility to change his flight if he changes his mind. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, that's, I, that's just just having a return flight ticket would do him. Yes. So many so much better with her. Oh, sure. Absolutely. All right. So uh, apparently we have two more episodes, right? That's what they said. Yes. Two more episodes. Yep. So I yes. don't know. Some, I, I, sometimes they do the thing and you never know where it's like, you know, like the cable prestige dramas where the second to last episode of the season is always like the the best Right, you know, right. And then the, the last episode is just kind of everything like calming back down after like the huge yeah. climax. Right. So I don't right. know if it's going to be like that or if we're going to end on like something really strong. Um, I don't know. I feel like we may end strong with the couples that are going to be on life after lockup. Sure. And then the other ones that aren't, we may just see kind of their story wrapping up. Definitely. Oh, I can totally yeah. see that with like Tyrese is like just wrapping it up. And yeah. yeah. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see him again. I, mean, I, I mean, either. I think, I think offer? they're, I think he's pretty much tied up in a bow. Yep. Yeah, definitely. All right. So what about your student of the week? I went with Christiana, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like we had two people. We'll talk about the other ones. You know, we're both facing the unfortunate proposition of having to go back to prison, right? But she is sad about it, is upset about it, is scared about it, as, Mm -hmm. you know, you is normal. But at least she, like, takes responsibility, right? She Mm -hmm. is looking out for the people around her. She wants to make sure that that her mistake doesn't, like, you know, rebound and hurt John and hurt her sister and her mother. Um, so I kind of like I appreciated, you know, kind of her and kind of like owning up to what was going on. And, you know, I feel super bad for her, but it, it, that yeah. kind of like that taking ownership of what was going on. Right. Uh, so my student of the week is Maurice. I thought he had a really great proposal. It was sure. really sweet, heartfelt. Um, yeah. All the things that you would want in a proposal. Right. So. And it doesn't have yeah. to be off the walls, bunkers. I made this huge plan. It was just so sincere. Yes. And in the moment. And yeah. Mr. O, one of your favorite things, not in front of other people. Not in front of other people. Yes, right. definitely. Even though they're already married. So that's, I don't know, yeah. that's changes yeah. the changes the parameters a little bit. Right. Yeah, but it was cute. Uh, yeah, especially because they are still married. Like, it was cute mm-hmm. that he, you know, it's almost like they want to do it right the second time. Right, sure. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, what about your dunce? All right, somebody has to say Heather. Oh, right? pff, I was going to say Heather, too. <laughs> She's freaking crazy. I, I, that's, that was My a God. total, I, I'm okay with doubling up on Heather on this yeah, one. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, I had to, I had to look at. I had to look back and make sure I didn't give it to her last week because I was like, oh, man, I would hate to not have it to lose this opportunity. Yeah, like, I think I gave it to her two weeks ago. Don't. But, yeah. I mean, I, free life lesson. That's not my life lesson. Don't angry drive like angry. driving yes. is a terrible thing, especially with a passenger. Yeah. I, well, mean, I mean, but yeah, you're, you're always right. putting everybody and else in the road. Either way, yeah, you're still yeah. putting people in danger. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. What about your life lesson? So my life lesson is we kind of touched on it. It's the destiny, right? And it's like mm-hmm. for her specifically, when you lie all the time, right? One of the mm-hmm. one of the consequences of that is you have to deal with when you decide to stop lying, everyone's going to still treat you like a liar for a while. Yeah, that's true. Right? You can't just expect and you could and, and her kind of thinks you can't expect. She's like, but I'm really trying this time. Well, yeah. that doesn't look any different to anybody outside of you. 
right? So you can't right. expect people to know that this time you're not lying. It's like, well, they can't see in your brain. Like, you know, because I do see that from liars a lot. They get really upset when they're telling the truth and nobody believes them. And they're like, well, that, but to me, as it, being outside of your brain, I can't tell the difference. Like, I don't know that yeah. you're really trying this time. Yeah, I think that's kind of tough because I think that kind of applies to like a person's reputation, right? Yeah. Or personality. Like there were definitely things like when I was in college, I had a short temper for sure. And it makes me sad when I think about the people that were really close to me or knew me like at that time in my life because it's like they kind of still likely think of me that mm -hmm. way sure. right and it's just like i've come a really long way um with being more patient with people and so it kind of makes me sad when i think that you know like the views people have of you are still the same as the old you when you have done a lot to really sure. make yourself grow as a person mm -hmm. yeah so yeah it's disappointing but yeah but at the same time i can't be surprised Okay, so my life lesson also has to do with Destiny and Sean. Uh, sometimes you do just have to keep it real, Sean. Okay, mm. but at the same time, going against Destiny, it doesn't mean you have to be negative about it. You can still have a positive outlook about it. So, I mean, I definitely feel like, uh, you know, Destiny preparing herself mentally uh, for going to prison. Yeah, absolutely keep it real. But at the same time, you know, what what positive things can come out of this, right? right. So kind of right. focusing on those things instead of being negative about it. But yeah, definitely not like Sean living in La La. Yeah, no, you're right. Because because her thing was she didn't she didn't go to, oh man, I'm gonna be in prison. But at least now I have this guy who's gonna be there the whole time to support me. She was right. like, well, of course you're leaving. So it's gonna be worse. Like, you know, she was definitely yeah. full, like, Everything is going to, one thing goes to shit, everything is going to shit at the same time. Right. Well, yeah. Because, I mean, she could have looked at it as in, you know, like, okay, well, I'll just, you know, be in there, serve my time, get out, I can start fresh, mm -hmm. you know, all of this will be behind me, I don't have to worry about you know, any kind of law. Yeah. And th that know, might, that's anymore. also something that's also something that might come like, you know, later than 15 minutes yeah. after she heard that's what was true. going on. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Sean could have also have approached it that way. Right. You know, like, so yeah, keep it real, but keep it positive too. All right. So like we said, two episodes left. So we'll be back yep. for more next. And then we're rolling right into life after lockup right after that. Right. So there's <laughs> yeah. no no downtime for us. Right. I'm actually kind of excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. It looks fun. All right. Well, uh, we will see you all next week then. All right. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Good.